Welcome to It's Your Community with Vanessa Denha, a public service of News Talk 760 WJR. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to It's Your Community. I'm Vanessa Denha Garmo here. Did you know that according to the Corporate Executive Board, 50 to 70% of executives fail within 18 months of taking a new role? That is a stat my guest today shares on her website, Talent Activators. We're talking about building successful companies through successful leadership. Activate your talent and activate your success. And Dawn Pateau knows that all too well. She knows the difficult transitions can, uh, how difficult transitions can be. And as a certified coach with her own business, she helps leaders navigate through critical transitional periods. Dawn, thanks for joining us here on It's Your Community. Thanks, Vanessa. It's great to be here. So give our listeners today an overview, a background of the work that you do. Sure. So I've been in industry and corporate America for most of my career, primarily focusing in the talent space. So for me, that's everything from leadership development, uh, performance management, and succession planning. And I spent a long time as a consultant working with various companies in different industries to help with what I would call performance improvement, which is really trying to find those areas where we hadn't shored up the debt you know, talent in the organization to be aligned to the new processes and changes that were coming in. So a lot of that was spent in manufacturing and on plant floors, helping to really bring forth the information that was needed for skilled trades populations and supervisors and leadership to really be able to do and employ the techniques and skills that they needed to do their jobs most effectively. And, and part of that, Don, the work that you do is I related to the uh, quote earlier, and I'll get back into that, but you do a lot of transitional work. So d- tell us a little bit about that, the transitional work you do with leaders. Sure. So I've focused my company, Talent Activators, on really helping leaders once they land in new roles. So as you mentioned at the start of the, the conversation, Unfortunately, a lot of leaders and executives fail in that first 18 months. We've many of us have been through it, including myself, where, you know, you start in a new role and you're brought in based on your experience and knowledge. And sometimes it goes really well and sometimes it doesn't. And I've had, you know, it go well and I've had it not go so well. And I think for a lot of people, there's factors that really help to contribute to that. So where I'm really looking to work with leaders is you know, from the things that I've learned and seen as working in organizations and helping leaders. I was fortunate to work with about 200 leaders um, at Chrysler and taking them through that process in the first 90 days of looking at what they could be doing with their teams to really improve communication and understanding about what the leader was being asked to do, what the organization was focusing on and helping people migrate through that stuff. What what do you think is the biggest contributor to that fail rate? Are there like you know, several contributors to that fail rate. I I think there's a couple of them. So I think one that we see, you know, quite frequently is that when you're brought into an organization, you're brought in for a reason because you have a certain expertise and knowledge. And I think that some organizations fail to recognize in certain situations where the leader has been brought in maybe they're going into a promotion situation. So it's maybe not a level that they've operated at before and they're not properly trained at that. They were really great um, at the past role that they were in, but now they're assuming new responsibilities in a new organization. So I think the first thing is really about preparing and making sure that they're equipped for that new role. And sometimes it might require them to receive some training and development in that new role because they're leading at a different capacity. They might've been leading, you know, 
a function and now they're leading a business. And so the whole dynamics can change. Mm -hmm. I think the other piece is just being able to be a good fit and understanding the politics and the pressures and expectations that are put on leaders. That could be for somebody that's already in a company and has now you know, been promoted or moved cross-functionally into another area of business. The politics can be different. I think we always talk about these subcultures yeah. that happen in organizations. And I think that's what I also see with a lot of my clients and from the work I did and have continued to do that that's where it can sometimes fall short and they're not prepared for some of that politics and the pressure of expectations because they're being scrutinized at a different level. And every word you say, every action you take is being looked at differently than when you might've been a little bit further down into the organization or an individual contributor. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and to that point about training, Adon, how receptive are leaders to that additional training, education and coaching? I think that a lot of leaders are looking for it. And, you know, I use the example that, you know, I've witnessed it myself where you, you walk in and on day one and you're you know, brought into your new workspace, they hand you a computer and, you know, here's your desk, here's your phone, here's what you need. And of course that's changed a little bit with COVID. We might be doing all of that onboarding at home. And then they're like, okay, go. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of leaders just sit there and go, oh, okay, well, where am I going? Who am I meeting with? And we haven't thought through the onboarding process for the leaders, I think in the same way we do with individual team members. And most mm -hmm. leaders are very receptive to having the training. And I think when I talk with individuals about you know, receiving a coach, I ask them if the organization they're going into is open to something like that. In some cases they have, if it's a large enough organization, they may have somebody to help them through that process. And in most cases, that's where my clients come from is because they haven't found somebody that can help them through it. And they're also looking maybe for a little bit of objectivity outside the organization, but they're really open to having that help and support. How, um, how, how does coaching overall help an individual and an organization? Well, I think there's a, a couple of different factors. And I, I know from the work you do as well, Vanessa, it's, okay. it's something where you're working with your client. You can, I think, bring up things that they may not be able to see in themselves and through the words and the conversations you have with them, it's just having that outside perspective that sometimes you're too close to it and you can't see it. And I think one of the things that I bring, and I've had the benefit also of hiring a coach when I've gone through transition, is that they bring out an extra perspective that you may not see. And they'll just, even in the way that the questions and we go through the process to kind of acknowledge and, and hear what they're saying, having somebody play that back to me was really impactful for myself. And I think as I watch my clients go through the process and checking for understanding with them is that's where you see a lot of that difference show up for them. Is they're like, oh, wow, did I just say it? Yes. Now that, and also <laughs> now that I've just said it out loud. Yeah. Wow. I don't think that's really what I meant, but did your actions follow those words? And in a lot of yeah. cases are like, yeah, I did do it that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, when I work with my clients, Don, I love the awareness piece, you know, those epiphany and aha moments they have, which is very tied into my company itself, epiphany communications and coaching. Yep. And I love when I see my clients have those epiphanies, those little epiphanies that really kind of move them closer to their goals. Yes. Yeah. I like, uh, I, you know, it's that light bulb. It's, it's funny. I had a client recently that I was on the phone with and we were having one of those moments and, you know, we're doing Zoom and 
all of a sudden, literally like their background changed. It got brighter. Wow. <laughs> and I actually wow. said something. I'm like, like a okay. literal light. Like a I know, I'm like, light. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't know if you just could see that, but it just changed. Wow. <laughs> so That's it was kind of powerful. funny. And they're like, yeah, I just noticed that got brighter in here. I'm like, well, I don't know if it was correlated, but we're going to say that it was. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so it was we're, nice when that happens. We're talking with uh, Dawn Pateau this morning here in It's Your Community. She is the uh, owner of the company Talent Activator. She is a certified coach. She's worked with leaders for many years, has a, a, a long history working in corporate uh, leadership roles. And um, Don, let's talk about tools we use. I mean, as a coach, I use Gallup and Strengths because I do a lot of career coaching mm-hmm. and uh, transitional in terms of management, you know, when you go from employee to management. Yes. What type of tools do you use? Do you use tools with your clients or? I do. Um, so I guess I have two two thoughts on that. One is most of the people that I'm working with are, you know, generally at what I would say, senior manager, director type roles, senior manager in a very large organization. It's probably like a director VP in, Mm -hmm. you know, small to mid-sized companies. Mm -hmm. Most of them have received a lot of assessments. And I'm sure as you know, in your work too, Vanessa, I think people start to get this assessment fatigue if they do too many. So generally what I do in my discovery calls with my clients is I ask them, you know, what assessment tools have they been through before? Because I don't want them to, you know, go through another one just for the sake, because I think they get kind of routine. Mm -hmm. So I will first ask if they've received, you know, different instruments. And I've been fortunate to, you know, as um, I've worked and looked at Hogan assessments, I'm not certified in it yet, but it's on my, my list. Um, I've done work with DISC and, um, Effectiveness Institute has behavioral styles that I've worked with. I got certified in cultural intelligence. So I have different tools that I bring into it. And with my coaching program, I also got uh, certified in the energy leadership index. So I have those available. Most of the time, what I find with the people I'm working with is we will start with their materials first. And I think it helps to just get grounded in that. And I can interpret it and read a lot of them because I've been through it. And I don't want to reinvent the wheel for them. And most cases, you know, we will start there. If I need to bring something in, I always tell them, look, I'll, I'll recommend it if we need it. But generally, they're going to do that. But I do have things I can bring into the conversation if necessary. And sometimes I will facilitate doing a 360 process for them. Most of the time when I do it, it's through interviews. And yeah. I find that I get a lot of information from those conversations. So if they're open and willing to do that, then I'll do it through an interview style conversation. And I had you know, the fortune to do that a few times. And I think of a leader that I worked with at FCA, which is now Stellanis. Um, she had been you know, getting some different feedback through assessments. But then when I went through the process and did interviews, it was really telling about the different customer bases that she was working with, how people saw her show up differently in situations, her peers versus her customers. Mm -hmm. And it really uncovered a lot of information that she wasn't getting through her 360, the normal 360 process. So sometimes I think the interview process can work better. Hmm. That's a great assessment, John. I love that approach. And then can you elaborate more with us too here in your community of how you work with your clients on a regular basis. And in addition to using these tools, how else do you work with them? Sure. So, you know, in primarily through the one-on-one coaching process and, you know, when I'm working with my clients, we're establishing, you know, for each of those calls, what we're going to be focusing on. I do as part of, you know, 
I have a, a method called the plans method, which is really a five-step process to take leaders and transition through. And it starts with first, you know, around planning and planning, whether they're starting in this new role, what they need to be thinking about. And then we go into the second step is around listen. So what do they need to be listening for in the conversations? And I also really encourage them to step back and listen more than talk. And uh, I'm sure that we've all, you know, heard the acronym WAIT, which is why am I talking? So I really encourage the leaders to come from a place of curiosity. So we'll step through the listen part. And then we look at, as they've done that with their key stakeholders, the next step is really around the activate. So how can they start to activate early wins for themselves and their team? Kind of building a little bit on, you know, what Michael Watkins talks about in the first 90 days. And then the N stands for needs analysis, where you're really building out the steps to determine, do you have the right people in the right seats on the bus? Going back to a little bit of the good to great era. And from that place, we're looking at what their team you know, brings. Are there changes that need to be made in the organization? And then finally, working them with with them on their strategy. And that works, you know, that plans method can work for people in new roles and it also works with individuals that are thinking about what might be next. So all of those can apply just in a little different vein. So that's what I do in the one-on-one conversations. And then additional services that I provide to my clients is sometimes we will do a leader assimilation process, which some of your listeners may be familiar with from the GE era. And it's something that GE had coined where they would do Uh, It's a half day session where I bring the team and the leaders together to really go through a series of questions. So it helps the team get to know the leader better and for the leader to get to know the team. Mm -hmm. I have uh, an individual that I've worked with and she had been through multiple changes in her career. When I was, you know, working at, at Chrysler, I took her through five assimilations and it was funny because the last time she got her job promotion, um, she had met with, she was moving into a very senior role in the organization and she got the notification and within 10 minutes of her, I knew she was going to meet with him to get this promotion and my phone rang and it was her and she said, okay, mark your calendar 90 days from today. What's the date? And I told her, it was, I think it was in October. And she's like, okay, we're doing my assimilation that day. And it became something that she really needed and looked forward to with her team because it helped to uncover some barriers or obstacles that might be in her way as a leader and really cleared up communication with her team because everybody was in the conversation at the same time. I now do it virtually and can facilitate that conversation. So those are a couple of things that I do with the leaders. And sometimes they want me to review documents before they're presenting them like on their strategy. So, you know, something that's a service I provide also is critique services for them because I've had to make presentations to senior leadership and, you know, have worked for some really great organizations and companies where I've, you know, had the pleasure to present to boards and to, you know, owners of organizations. And, and Dawn, when you're working with clients at the leadership level, or you're working with several, maybe within one organization, are you working with them for several weeks, several months, several years? I mean, it, does it uh, vary from client to client? Um, it does, but I would say, you know, probably comes from my consulting days. I'm, I'm not intending to, you know, live with them for years in this new role, right? My plan is to work with them, you know, maybe intensely for the first 90 days or the first six months. And that is really structured based on what the client's needs are. So if we can work together and make, you know, some great headway and they want to work together every week, we'll do it usually structured in a 90 day program. 
I usually recommend to some of these leaders going in that it's the first six months. We might do intense work for the first 90 days, like meeting every week, and then we'll back it off to every other week for months, four, five, and six. So it's really up to the leader and, you know, how they're feeling like they can get through those processes. But I probably, you know, not a great thing from a, a coach perspective, but if I find, you know, with my client that we've made a lot of progress and it's not necessary to continue for the six months, I'll be the first person, you know, to say, hey, I think you've made a, some really great progress. Where I look to continue is evolving and working with the leaders and their team. And I think that's where I can also provide support and the succession planning and development of their team on the ongoing basis. Don, how much of the success is dependent on the investment the client is making in the work? Because it obviously can't be you just leading this, you know, uh, driving the train. It's got to be an investment by the client. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I think that that's part of what I look for when I'm having a conversation with a client and, you know, where they are on that journey, because some people are ready for it. And I'm sure as you've experienced, sometimes when we talk with clients in our initial calls, you can get a sense of if they're ready or they're not ready. And, they may not be ready at that time. I've had people come back to me a few months later and said, hey, I, you know, I wasn't ready then, but I'm ready now. And so it's really up to the individual and finding out wh- what space they're in. And I, I like to be really transparent with my client. And sometimes that works for some people and sometimes it doesn't. But I'd rather, you know, call it the way it is when you're, you're in that moment to say, are you really ready for something like this? And sometimes there's other underlying issues. I recently talked to somebody that I got the sense that they may not even be ready for the job they were going into and were questioning had they made the right decision. And Mm. I think particularly now for people that have had absences from, you know, where they got laid off due to, you know, COVID and now they're walking into a role, sometimes people are jumping at the first thing. I I literally had a conversation with somebody two days ago and she was telling me about a conversation or a company she'd interviewed with. She didn't get the job that was intended and they were coming back to her now with a new role. And I could just, in her voice on the phone, I'm like, you don't sound like you're really excited about this, but you just talked about another position that you just found out about and your voice changed, everything about you changed. So is this something you really want? Or are you taking it because you've had this, you know, gap in your career? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, just listening to you talk, I mean, uh, coaches have to be very observant and paying attention to everything that a client says, not just what they say, how they say it, their demeanor. I mean, can you speak to that too, Don? <laughs> you're, you know, you mean you're how much you're really listening and watching uh, clients to understand them. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because I think you get the question you know, quite a bit. Do you do this through Zoom or are you doing it on the phone now that we're not meeting face to face? When I first started, you know, getting formally trained to be a coach, I feel like I've coached all my life. But when I was going through, you know, IPEC for my, my coaching school, we did everything on the phone. We weren't doing, you know, Zoom calls or doing it that way. And at first I was like, can you really coach somebody if you can't see them? Mm-hmm. And I actually enjoy doing it through a phone conversation because I'm not distracted sometimes with Zoom, but I've also adapted quite a bit this year with all the practice (laughs) we get through Zoom that I can see a lot. I mean, I wouldn't have seen that, you know, light bulb moment where the light actually got brighter in the room if I wasn't there, but you hear so much. And I think the most important piece for me, and I have to make sure I plan it in my day, is 
to have that time before and after a session with a client so that I can be present and be in that moment with them because it's very easy for all of us to be distracted with everything else. But I can only serve my clients if I can truly be there in the moment with them. And I'm listening for those you know, cues. If I'm seeing the person, I'm watching maybe the body language. But I think as you probably do yourself, it's a lot of that intuition that comes into play. Sure. If you hear something or you sense something or they take that pause and it's an opportunity to just maybe ask a question to them. Mm hmm. I, I totally agree. And I early on, uh, even before I went to coaching, Don, I studied body language mm -hmm. uh, to, just because I'm just so fascinated by the way people communicate. So body language became uh, such an interest to me. I read several books on body language. So it, it does help in coaching too. We're yes. talking with Don Pateau this morning. Uh, she is the owner of Talent Activators. We're talking about uh, building successful companies through successful leadership. Don, I like to ask our guests when they come on the show, we're very sure. focused on community and uh, reaching out to the community. So I always ask guests, you know, how do you connect, collaborate, and communicate with others in your community? And so how do you do that? What advice do you have for others listening this morning? Well, it's funny you say that because this is International Networking Week, and I just put, <laughs> did a video yesterday about it. Um, it's something, you know, I, I've had to grow <laughs> in that space. I would say early in my career, it wasn't a big focus, but networking and connecting with others is just, it's in my DNA. But I also, as a little bit of an introvert, I have to be careful about how I do that because I want to be authentic in those conversations. I'm involved in a lot of, you know, different networking organizations here in Southeast Michigan and Forum has been really great. It's a women's networking uh, group. And then there's other, you know, through the Small Business Association, there's um, ACG has been another group that I've started to participate in. So I'm finding people that way. LinkedIn has been phenomenal. And I just, you know, find as many opportunities as I can to be out in the community that way. I look forward to actually physically being back in the community again, once some of the restrictions and, you know, it's more safe to move around the cabin, as we like to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I generally, there's probably at least four or five calls, you know, on my calendar a week of people that I've not met before, but somebody has told them about me. I have a call. I'm looking at my calendar right now and I have a couple of people scheduled today that I'll be talking to that are first, you know, I met one person uh, in a networking meeting the other day. We didn't actually get to talk, but she had said something. I had said something and we decided to connect through LinkedIn. And now we have time and a call scheduled. The video I just did this week, I was sharing a story of uh, a group of individuals I got connected that are all in the space of trying to help connect uh, college students with intern experiences. Mm. As many people found last year, internships were canceled due to COVID. Yeah. And there's an organization outside of Chicago um, called Driving Forward that was developed specifically to help students get those internships when many of them were lost. Um, Marv Richardson, who is actually the CIO at um, Healthcare Services Corporation, started this nonprofit. And I met um, his executive director, uh, Kate Neal, and she and I talked last week. And unbeknownst to her, I've had conversations with a couple of other people in the last few weeks. One I hadn't known before that is doing the exact same work and also trying to work with students to look at gap year experiences. And then I've got connections at Oakland University and another friend that has been helping some MBA students prepare for, you know, getting those corporate roles. So I've got the four of them connected and they're going to be meeting next week to talk. So I love connecting and collaborating with people and it's just 
something I really, in, at the end of my week, if I have been able to do that, I feel like it's been a really successful week to connect other people together. Yeah, you're very good at it. And in fact, it was a mutual friend that connected you and I together, our friend exactly. Jennifer Dickow from the Women's Business Institute, who I've known for a long time and you've known for a long time. And then you connected me to another person in coaching, Rachel. So <laughs> yeah. it's just, it all works out. I love uh, people who think like that. I, I love that approach. And I, uh, I, I, I believe that network, networking comes very naturally to me too. So I love those connections. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Don, what else do you want to share with our listeners before we let you go? Anything I didn't ask you that you want to share or anything that you want to uh, talk to our listeners about you and your work? Well, I think, you know, a couple of things I would say that there are a lot of people that are trying to figure out what's next and, you know, just dig in deep and really understand what You've, some people have this opportunity right now to really define who they are and what they want to do going forward. Take the time to really assess it. I know that there may be these pressures of, you know, being out of a role and trying to figure out what's next or you're in a role and just not feeling like this is your purpose. Just take some time to really reflect and, you know, dig deep. Ask other people when they've seen you light up. When are those times when they've seen you at your best? It's a really fascinating question to ask people. Um, I went through that experience when I was trying to discover what was next for me. And some of the, the conversations I would have with people of, of times when they saw me operating that way was really insightful. Mm. And to know that this is not permanent. It's not always going to be this way. And that there is, you know, a light at the end of the tunnel and it's not a train. <laughs> it's your next opportunity coming. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's, you know, just something to keep in mind and ask is, you know, ask a lot of questions in the conversation to understand culture and fit when you're thinking about what might be next. That's a great, and great idea. Really, really understanding those pieces, because I don't think, you know, the interviewers aren't thinking at it from that perspective. And I, one of the uh, positions and managers I ended up working with for four years when I was at Chrysler, she, I remember her calling me after we had our interview and she called me the next day and she said, you know, I know it, we're interviewing you as much as you're interviewing us. So I want you to really believe like this is a great opportunity for you. And I think we have to think that way. We're interviewing yeah. them as much as they're interviewing us. So take mm -hmm. advantage of that while you have it. Mm -hmm. So that great would be point. one I would leave people with. Yeah, great point, Don. How um, how can we reach you? What what information would you like to share with our listeners? Oh, sure. So my website's pretty easy. It's talentactivators.com. That's uh, probably the one of the, the ways. And then certainly you can reach me on LinkedIn. Uh, my profile is Don Pateau, P-O-T-E-A-U. And I love re reaching out to people. If you send me a connection request and just remind me that you heard about me through It's Your Community, that would be great. And love to set up time and, and talk to people, great. see if I can help. Don, thank you so much for joining us here. Oh, thank you, community. Vanessa. If you have any questions or comments or topics you want me to get to, you can easily get to me, Vanessa Denha. And I am uh, on LinkedIn as well. You could private message me there, connect with me there. I'm on all social media platforms. People seem to like to message me on social media. You can go to Epiphany Communications and Coaching on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram. You can also go to my website, epiphanyccc.com. And as always, we remind our listeners to connect, to collaborate, and to communicate with your respective communities. Thanks for listening. It's your community. Community, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR.